0: We're well, live, people. Woo! What is up, kids? Fire it up, fired up this Gassed week. up. Gassed Guess up. What? We said it was coming. We told you it was coming. Guess what? Tell him, Steve. Tell him.
1: I don't want to be an American idiot. <laughs> <Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na>. <laughs> it's ah, fucking baby in
0: here, kids.
1: It's yes. fucking here. <laughs> about goddamn time, dude. I know. It's, it's about been goddamn, over here. goddamn time. We have not do a breakdown like this in forever. Green Day Blink-182 is back. We're starting off with Green Day's American Idiot, episode 107, 107. of 107. Empty Space. Steve's episode back. Seven. Baby, baby, let me tell you something. Steve's back this week. Let me tell you something, people. I love you. I love you. And I'm ready for this Green Day episode, American Idiot, 107, Empty Space. I'm back. Let's go. Let us go.
0: What this was your this was your intro to Green Day, wasn't it?
1: Uh I heard of Dookie before. I've yes. heard some songs, the obvious songs. But mm-hmm. this was my breakthrough for Green Day. This is when I became I'd say the a
0: a big Green Day fan?
1: A big Green Day fan and the next generation of punk that I felt I was.
0: Yeah, yeah. This was I think a lot of people um around our age, like not a lot of people were like me where they found them so young and like fell in love with them and went backwards. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people I was in school with were like, oh my God, this Green Day band is so sick. And I'm like, yeah, I've known that for like 12 years now. Like Mm. we get it. But like so many people were like, it it, it like reinvented Green Day pretty much. It was their second dookie, which is Mm. incredible because bands like you don't see that ever where a band like, Puts out an album like Dookie and then all of a sudden they come out with something else like 10 years later. And
1: it's like, holy
0: fuck. <laughs> like, well, they did it again. It's That's crazy it. to think oh that God. bands
1: can just jump like that. Yeah. Because for people like like you and then I'd say probably older people that like when they heard Dookie, they were like, yo, this is insane. And then there's the generation like me that was like, holy fuck. Who is this? Why is this so good? This is who I am now. And this became my identity, dude. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Green Day became, I think I was what, eighth grade? Was it 2004?
0: Uh, it was, you were probably sixth or seventh grade. Sixth grade.
1: All right. So, yeah. So, I was just in middle school and this album came out. American Idiot came out.
0: I took I skipped school to buy this record.
1: Did you really? Yep. Oh, shit. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. No, I remember this coming out, dude. This just changed my identity. I remember starting away the. The grenade symbol was, like, everything. I draw that everywhere. It was yep. the, the black bracelets, not bracelets, wristbands you get at Hot Topic. My shirts were Green Day American Idiot symbols. And Dude, I, fun- I drew this on my wall. Oh, my God. It's, it's funny
0: because Blink was doing the same thing. It was like they were, they were, quote, unquote, emo, like, without being emo. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was a complete image change for both bands, but, like, like, Green Day, it was, like, an even bigger one, like, Green Day, it was, like, I little backstory, I think I've told it before, but I fucking hated it. Hated it, hated it, hated it. I was, like, contemplating even being a Green Day fan anymore. I was, like, what the fuck is this? Like, because to me, it was, like, Green Day was punk, and, like, Blink was punk, and, like, bands like MCR and, like, Fall Out Boy and, um, all those other bands like that were like, quote unquote, emo to me. Mm. And I was like, what is, what do what you, like, MCR, I was a big, like, not a huge fan of MCR when they first, when I first, like, found out about them with the eye black and everything. Then I saw Green Day do it, and I was like, fucking sellouts, that's fucking mm. bullshit, and... I absolutely fucking hated everything about it. I was like, this is the worst. <laughs> I was like, this is just the worst. Look what <laughs> and you've I done.
1: Think, and I think for me, it's the one, it's the reason why I went into like black eyeliner and stuff mm, and painting yeah. nails because well, a lot of I had that. Yeah. I had that poster of them on my wall for probably five or six, no, not five or six, probably three or four years. Yeah. And I remember looking and be like, yeah, that's how I want to look, dude. All black, everything, a studded belt. The, oh the my God. Yeah. With the, the suits, suit dude. He still
0: wears that—the red tie, black shirt with the red tie. Uh, Every show he wears. Yeah.
1: Well, let me ask: When? What album came out before this? In what year was it? Was the last album before American Idiot?
0: Um. Well, they had done. They had done Shenanigans in 2002, but I don't. They don't really count that. Um, Yeah. That was just like B sides and like goofy tracks, but like Mm -hmm. Warning was the last one. So which was was what year? thousand.
1: Two thousand? yeah yeah so you gotta think so 2003 self-titled came out for blink 182 yeah mm-hmm. and then so you got all these new because like i feel like a lot of people loved like started really getting into blink 182 during that like album. the self-titled yep and like i think was. and i think like like if you go back, you start Animo the State, Toy Pads. you start getting a few singles that people are like, oh, yeah, like me, like, oh, I've known about them, right? Yeah, then you have yeah, self-titled yeah. that comes out as, like, holy fuck, the new generation's coming out, and then all of a sudden, 2004, you have American Idiot. Yeah, and everyone And then was it's like, like, oh, my God, oh, my I'm God. I'm in this scene, I like Blink, I like all these other men, and who is this? Yeah. Because, you know, Blink, Good Charlotte, like, Good Charlotte like, char- is an exception, but, like, no one was like Green Day and is like Green Day. So then you have this band, Green Day, come and drop American Idiot, and I think that, for me, was like the, who is this? This is dope. Yeah. There's anarchy.
0: Yes, exactly, and it was like, to me, that was, I, I loved the album itself. I just didn't like the look, because I knew it was gonna happen, and it was like, I called them all, like, because I was like a, a, a skate kid and like, whatever. Um and like a little metal head, too, and stuff, and like, me and my buddies were all like, these guys are all fucking posers. Like, they're not real fucking Green Day fans. They just like them because they look like every other fucking shitty band that plays. Like, mm-hmm. they're just posers. Like, um. but I was also like a little 12, 13-year-old kid. I didn't know any better. Like, now I wouldn't call him a poser, but like, mm-hmm. it, was, uh, it was a whole, like, I didn't see that, like, it was opening Green Day up to a whole new, like, world of people. To me, it was like, leave my Green Day alone. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is my thing. Like, I'm a weird kid who likes Green Day. Like, now you like Green Day? Like, fuck off. Yeah. You only like them because they're on fucking MTV now.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people felt that way too, man. Yeah. Because I can say I was on, like I said, on the other side of the spectrum where I came in and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I knew about a few songs, but, like, who and what is this? And I, I have my blinks. I have my old school punk Black Flag and stuff. And then there was yeah. this fucking anarchist fucking you know, chaos. fuck chaos that came out and it was like, this is, this is it, man. And it's almost yeah. like you either have, I feel like there's a lot of people that fuck with like the Black Parade as MCR, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's like, this is that's that album MCR, for a lot yeah. of people. Exactly. So like, I feel like that's like, and for me, I look at Black Parade like, come on. I know these, these are my guys. Like, that's, yes, who are you? That's so it. I, I'm trying to like relate in that sense because there's a lot were, of bands that.
0: Three cheers for sweet revenge. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, kid. So, oh, like, yeah, that's what it is. It's like, what the fuck? I was like, what are you like? No, 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 no. This is my <laughs> green day. Like, no, yeah. no, no. What are you doing? Like, exactly. And then I was so mad at them, to, like, green day themselves, because I was like, why are you putting on eye black? What are you doing? Like, that's mm-hmm. not you. Like, your blue hair and like, fuck this and fuck that. And you're like, I was too young to get it. But like, yeah, it's just uh, it, it was it was a it was a interesting time. We'll say I'd say, yeah. So uh, you ready to get into this thing?
1: Yeah, man. I think that was All a cool right. little background.
0: All right. So uh, I'm going to go off on a little tangent <laughs> <laughs> because this is my this is this is Green Day's my baby. So we let Steve have his blink tangents and I have my Green Day ones. And Steve can jump in <laughs> with his stuff whenever he wants. Uh, so American Idiot is the seventh studio album by American rock band Green Day uh released in se- uh September 21st 2004 by Reprise Records this is before they went to Warner um album was produced by the famous Rob Cavallo uh it was a concept album like the fir- I think it was one of the first like besides well Black Parade came out after this didn't it Or right around it it was it was when a lot of bands were doing uh concept albums mm-hmm. which we talked yeah. about um Neck Deep was their last record was a concept record. Uh, this was dubbed a punk, a punk rock opera by by Green Day themselves. Uh, American Idiot follows the story of the Jesus of Suburbia, a lower middle class American adolescent anti-hero. Um, it expresses a dis- disillusionment and descent of a generation that came came of age in a period shaped by tumultuous events such as 9-11 and the Iraqi war like this album was so fucking it was crazy how political this record was and like how punk this record was like that's why I think you loved it so much when you first heard it cuz you're like an old school punk so you were like this is it like this is this is right up my alley
1: yeah um, i think i think i'll chime in real quick yeah yeah i think that's exactly right because i think for me it was always listening to those like basically I felt alone in school. I felt alone in life. And I also listened to all those fucking hardcore punk bands. And then yeah. Blink 182 came out and it was goofy and it was different. And then Green Day came out and it was a bit of like both. It had the, it had the green, it had like the Blink 182 like musical vibes, but it also mm-hmm. had like the old school punk Sex Pistols type style lyrics where it was like they actually meant something. Like when I heard, like, I won't get into it, but when you hear like, you know, basically, like, fuck the media and shit, you're like, yeah, oh, man, yes, I like yeah. this. So, like, yeah. yeah, you're
0: definitely right. Um, that After it. After their 2000 album, uh, Warning was a commercial disappointment despite largely positive reviews. In early 2002, they embarked on the world-famous Pop Disaster Tour, headlining with Blink-182. The tour created momentum for the band who were earning a reputation as the eldest statesman of the pop-punk scene, which considered which consisted of bands like Good Show at Sum 41 and New Found Glory. Um, things had come to a point regarding unresolved personal issues between the three band members. Uh, the band was very argumentative and miserable, according to Mike Durant, uh, and needed to, quote, shift directions. In addition, the band released a greatest hit record called International Super Hits, which they felt was an invitation to midlife crisis. Uh, Billy Joe called Mike Dern at one point and asked him, do you even want to do this band anymore? He felt insecure, having become fascinated and horrified with his reckless lifestyle and his marriage was in jeopardy. Uh, Mike Dern and Trey Cool viewed the front man as controlling, while Billy Joe feared to show his bandmates the new songs he'd been working on. Uh, beginning in January 2003, the the group had weekly personal discussions which resulted in a revitalized feeling among the musicians. They settled on more musical input from cool and and more respect and less criticism. So that's fucking cool. Wait, So what you're
1: saying is that they basically didn't get along and almost didn't make the album.
0: They basically almost broke up because after that pop disaster tour, they were like, yo, this dude's fucking controlling as fuck. I'm all set. Like, oh, wow. His life, Billy's life was in shambles pretty much, and um, he didn't want to show them. He felt insecure, so he didn't want to show them like his new music and stuff. Mm. And they basically sat down and were like, "Okay, we're gonna talk this shit out. Like, yeah. we're gonna figure it out." And then they did, and and you see what the power of communication does. Um, That's crazy. I yeah. never knew that.
1: I never knew that till right this second.
0: Yeah, me either. Until I was reading up on it, and I I put that in there because I was like, "That's fucking sick," and I wow. love the uh. More respect and less crit- criticism Was cool so Um <clears throat> And then following the disappointing sales Of Warning uh, The band took a break and began with they This is really cool cause I have a There's a little conspiracy theory with this Um They began to record their next album Which was gonna be Cigarettes and Valentines Uh It was cut short though when the master tapes Were quote unquote stolen Um Following this, the band made a decision to start the next album from scratch. Uh, The result was a more societally critical, politically charged record which returned to the band's punk rock sound following a more folk and pop inspired warning with additional influences that were not explored on their old punk records. Um, They also underwent a pretty famous image change wearing red and black uniforms on stage and more theatrical and eye black and black nail polish and studded belts and the whole the whole thing. Um so back to that Master Tates being stolen. There's a theory out there that um have you heard of like their side projects and stuff that they have? Like some of them. Oh, uh, I'm sure I have, yeah. Cuz one of them is called the Foxborough Hot Tubs. Okay? And there's a theory out there that the Fox Tub, the Foxborough Hot Tubs record is what American Idiot was supposed to be. Interesting. That that was it. And then they, like, listened to it and were like, this is not what we're doing. And said the tapes got stolen and decided to
1: go with American Idiot. So they said the tapes got stolen because they didn't want to do that, you think? That's a the theory?
0: Yeah, that they... that. This was all like When they were fighting and stuff mm. So they made The Foxboro Hot Tubs record Basically they have a bunch of side projects um, They have like the network They have Foxborough Hot Tubs They have um, Billy has um, Yeah Billy has like the long shot And there's a few other ones that are uh, Thrown in there They have a bunch of them But it's basically just Green Day But they're all like just under different names so, people say that the Foxborough Hot Tubs record, which came out around the same time as American Idiot, was just Cigarettes and Valentines. Wow. And that's what American Idiot was supposed to be. But they were like, with all the fighting and everything else, and then coming to the conclusion that they were going to, you know, go to a di- go in a different direction. They that's were crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so how
1: true do you think that is?
0: If you listen to the, that Foxborough Hot Tubs record... It's it's pretty. I I think it's pretty legit because it sounds almost like very similar to Warning. Oh shit! It sounds like that direct. Like that's saying it could have been like B sides off a of Warning. Like that's that's how similar it is. Very folky, very poppy. It was like it, it could have been basically Warning, and it sounds very similar to it. That's fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Imagine if that's what they had to do.
0: That's pretty. Yeah. So they they they're just like, "Fuck it, we're just like they had that big blowout and stuff and started talking, and they were like, "Okay, we're gonna go a different way.
1: that is fucking gnarly, that is it's fucking what? gnarly.
0: <laughs> it's so sick um anything you would like to add?
1: No, that's a great okay. breakdown, man. I mean, I like I said, oh, everything else done. no, 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 I'm just saying that's a great <laughs> breakdown of what you just did. <laughs> <laughs> episode's over, this great breakdown, um, good um, band.
0: Green Day's Great. Obviously American Idiot was like one of the most anticipated releases of 2004. Um it was the first time they were back on the Billboard Top 100 200. Uh sold over 16 million copies worldwide. It was the second best-selling album for Green Day behind obviously Dookie and one of the best sell- selling albums of the rec- rec- of the decade. Uh it was certified 6 times platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America. Um, <clears throat> super, super successful record. Um, this bad boy. Um, in addition to that, um, this record was named Noms, Mo- uh, number sixty-one of the top two hundred most definitive albums of all time. Uh, number twenty-two on Rolling Stone's hundred greatest albums of the decade number 225 of the 500 greatest albums of all time on rolling stone uh it was number 13 on the 100 greatest rock albums of all time with kerrang uh it was number one of kerrang's 50 best rock albums of the 2000s uh number 60 on nme's top 100 greatest albums of the decade uh NPR said it was the decade's 51 of the 50 most important recordings uh Rhapsody had it at number 6 of the top 100 best pop albums of the decade entertainment weekly had it as the number 6 on their top 100 best albums from 1983 to 2008 IGN it was the best rock album of the last decade Loudwire, it was number 10 on their top 100 best hard rock and metal albums of the 21st century. Uh, Stacker it was number 37 on their top 100 list. Pop Dose had it as number one of their top 100 albums of that decade. Spinner had it as number 14 of their best album of the 2000s. Pop Matters had it at number 36 as their on their top 100 best albums of the 2000s
1: woof so they're not that good <laughs> no, no no it wasn't that good um holy shit yeah it,
0: it won the american music awards it won be, favorite pop slash rock album it was nominated for album of the year on billboard music awards it won japan gold disc awards it won best 10 international rock and pop albums of the year uh juno awards it won Best International Album of the Year MTV Europe Awards It won the Best Album NME, it was nominated for Best Album Teen Choice Awards It was nominated for Best Album Uh, The Brit Awards It won Best International Album Now For Grammys It was nominated for Album of the Year It won Best Rock Album of the Year Uh, American Idiot the, The song Well, the record was nominated for Record of the Year Um Nominated for The song was nominated for best rock performance By a duo Or a group with vocals Uh It was nominated for best rock song Best music video And then Boulevard of Broken Dreams won I don't know how it won best record of the year But it did
1: Yeah That's the fucking insane Jesus Christ
0: <laughs> Yeah this one was a doozy eh
1: Fuck dude I don't think we'll ever have another fucking breakdown where we talk about that much. Holy shit.
0: Yeah, that album was fucking nuts, dude. Wow. Nuts. nuts.
1: Wow. So That's we incredible,
0: say, dude. When we say the Green Day is fucking legends, like there's bands like like Zeppelin and stuff. Uh, that that's who they're with. The Beatles, Zeppelin, like bands like that. Mm. I think you mentioned it on a on a um when we were talking about Dookie. Mm. I think that was yeah. I think Dookie was the one where you were like it sold as many records as like the Beatles, Zeppelin, the Rosa yeah, yeah, stars. yeah. That's like, right, that's right. Like this is this is who we're talking about. They're fucking legends. That's fucking so nuts. yeah. Some mind blowing shit right there. But without further ado, are you ready to get into this bad boy?
1: Oh my god, dude! If anything is gonna be like that, then yeah, we're fucking. After I'm I'm ready, dude. My God, you? I'm ready. Yeah. How are you? Coming. The boys are buzzing. <laughs> the boys are buzzing. The boys are ready. The boys are ready for this. Yeah, let's let's get into it, dude. All right. You want
0: to get into the... You go first. Go ahead. Me? Yes, this sir. This is go your ahead. baby. Go ahead. After you. You want
1: me to start?
0: Yeah. Age before beauty.
1: Well, you're older. You're younger. Is that how that saying works? I don't know. I thought it was like age was meant like you're older. Well, whatever, man. That's All right, not dude, what it yeah. means here. All right, fuck that. <laughs> Hell no, I'm not here, dude. <laughs> All right, let's go. We're All gonna right. get into the main song that ninety percent of you people know. Everybody should know at least. If they don't, they're not here. American idiot, baby. We're gonna go with starting off this album with a motherfucking bang. American idiot. Oh be shit. an American idiot. Oh my now, god. Now, now, now. Dude, all right, starting off the album with a bang, we got American idiot. This is a scathing takedown of American culture in the years following 9-11, released as the first single from the album and has since become one of Green A's biggest hits and most recognizable songs. The song heavily criticizes the state of the United States circa 2004 during the presidential campaign in which George W. Bush was re-elected, with lines referencing the danger of the quote-unquote new biased media. As the first in title track, also works as an introduction to the overreaching themes and concepts of the album, which was envisioned as a rock opera. Uh, Billy Joe Armstrong was inspired to write this after hearing Leonard Skinner's song, That's How I Like It, on the way to the studio. Dude, okay, (laughs) I'm going to pause there for a second. I didn't fucking (laughs) know that. I had no fucking idea. Yeah, dude. I literally, (laughs) I was watching a video before we started recording this and I found that out and I was like, get fucked. No way, dude. Which like breaking it down is fucking crazy. Um, Billy Joe Armstrong, he told uh, Q magazines in May, 2009, quote unquote, this is, it was like, I'm proud to be a redneck. And I was like, oh my God, why would you be proud of something like that? This is exactly (laughs) what I'm against. I looked at the guys like, do you mind that I'm saying this? And they were all like, no, we agree with you. And it started the ball rolling. Uh, The song received mostly positive reviews from critics and was nominated for four Grammy Awards. Best rock performance by a duo or group with vocal. Best rock song. Best short music video and record of the fucking year. Boom, bitch. So we got Batch standing up in the studio here. He's so excited. (laughs) Fucking American (laughs) idiot. Dude, like,
0: come on, dude
1: fucking classic but bro this song is
0: like every time i hear that like i'm like oh my god like it just get like they open with it almost every time i see them live and it just like gets the people so fired up like it's it's just so awesome this song
1: is like it's so fucking iconic dude how can you not be excited hearing that i feel like every time i get in the car if i'm like just like walking around in the store and they're playing it, it's just so fucking energetic and empathic like The fact that, like, I was a kid listening to this song made me feel like I was some, like, superstar. It was just so fucking awesome. This was the song. I know we briefly talked about at the beginning of the episode, but this was the song that that did it for me, man. Just that intro was like, yeah, yeah, we're America and fucking this and fucking anarchy and I don't want to be a part of nothing and fuck the media. I want to wear black clothes and eyeliner. I want to be who I am.
0: And it's it's so funny, like, how relevant this still is today.
1: Oh, my – forever, dude. I feel like, like it'll be one of those songs forever. You know how you do research songs on – in school? Yeah. Like, that, I forget that one song in school they had us do a research paper on that was just, like – it was about burning down something after, like, a war. I forget the song. Probably, it was, like, a rock probably song.
0: Probably Creedence Clearwater Revival. They that, were
1: pretty – Political. it was fucking this is gonna be one of those songs i swear if they're not already doing it in schools they're gonna be like kids listen to this song and tell me what you think they're talking about during the political times in 2001 to 2007 yeah like
0: it it it, it, it like it's crazy how well it's aged and like you know there's a all, all sorts of like people's views on like i know me being me and being like the punk i am like we've talked about it before that i fucking hate the government and i hate the media and like this song, just like, it's everything that, like, I feel is exactly how I feel about it. Like, now everybody do the propaganda and sing along to the age of paranoia. How is that not talking about right fucking now? Nah? What's
1: been going on the past three years? Tell, tell me it's not. I think that the whole Trump-Biden thing, not to get political, but getting into this yeah. song, the whole Trump-Biden thing really brought this back up and then back to That's when. what I mean. And then same with Obama when he was in and people didn't like seeing a black president. It was like the same type of shit. It was like every generation like, and it's crazy. Yeah, the
0: whole like especially with this whole like Trump Biden thing and the COVID thing and like Oh, COVID
1: too. The yeah. vaccines,
0: like all of that, dude, is exactly what the fuck is going on. Like it's just it's just crazy. I'm not gonna get super into it. Steve knows how I feel about it. But like it's just like that one line, now everybody do the propaganda and sing along to the age of paranoia, is exactly what the fuck is happening. Like, it's just so, it's just so wild. Like, that this song is almost 20 and it's still, like, relevant. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fucking, it's wild, dude. That's just how, <laughs> that's just how good this is. Like, it's insane. A song that
1: sticks for generations to come. For sure, man. For sure. I also, this song was. Uh, the the line where he says, maybe I'm faggot America. Oh, that like, one. Ooh boy, that one would get you canceled today. Yeah, it really would, dude. <laughs> I'm not a part of a redneck agenda. Like now knowing that Leonard Skinner's song was like the inspiration basically to this and knowing yeah. how he basically wanted to write a, like he was like, let's make fun of like the way they make that stupid song. And so having he- that part in here. That blows my mind.
0: <laughs> so when he says the, um, the faggot America part. Well, maybe I'm the faggot America. I'm not a part
1: of a redneck agenda.
0: Like he uses that. Yo, let's as talk like on a, that. He like uses that as like a dig at rednecks and like people that use that word. Because he's like, well, if I don't agree with you, then I guess I'm the faggot America.
1: I can see. I also see it as him being like the outsider, an outsider of an American, saying like he's an outsider. Well, he's by, yeah. Well, he yeah, he announced that like fucking when it wasn't okay to do that. It was like yeah, nine, nine years four. before this or something. Yeah, yeah it was coming right. clean. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, so it's like,
0: a, it, it's it's a it's like a cry of defiance and pride and identity, saying that activists or like people who advocate for cultural change and um overall optimism to wars are perceived as like soft and getting called faggots by the conservative rednecks of America. Mm -hmm. So that's what he's saying.
1: Yeah. And like I said, like I'm seeing that as like, he's so like, if you read it all, well, maybe I'm a faggot in America. I'm not a part of redneck agenda. He's like, basically like, like, I'm not normal to you. I'm on the outside. Then if that's what, what America isn't supposed to be. Right. And he references it again in holiday, but we'll get into that
0: uh, in a few songs. But yeah, this is just like so fucking
1: insane, dude. Dude, in the chorus, how we, the, the, just how vibey it is. Welcome to the new kind of tension. Oh, yeah. All across the alien nation where everything isn't meant, meant to, to, to be, be okay. okay. Dude, it's so catchy, man. Not to get in the guitar solo is fucking. It's punk rock guitar solo. It's nothing crazy, but it is crazy at the same time. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. And like, I love the. um that whole chorus and then when he's like in the in television dreams of tomorrow we're not the ones who meant to follow but that's enough to argue Mm. like that even rings that even rings true today too like bro i feel like half the shit like i'm oh my god i promised myself I wasn't gonna get super but (laughs) (laughs) like it feels like all they do is they want to separate and they want us arguing that's all they want Mm -hmm. they want like like say me and you don't agree on something like they wanna, they wanna just highlight one little sentence, one little thing, so it's like, um, so we all argue about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, if you actually like took the time to like look at the, for example, Joe Rogan's a perfect example that they were the way that when he got COVID and the way he was healing himself with ivermectin and all the other stuff he was using, all they said was Joe Rogan uses horse de So people would argue, like. It was it was chaos on the internet. I'm sure yeah. you remember it. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's the exact same thing that they're doing now. And they were doing it back in 2004, and Green Day was, a, was like, keen to it. Yeah. And it's like, that's just how crazy this song is. And, like, it still works today. It's wild.
1: 100%, man. I mean, in the context, follow means to conform to the ideals and beliefs mm-hmm. of an authority figure. So, y- yep. for Christ's sakes, that's not head-on, then.
0: Shit. Yeah. That's exactly it. And if you don't follow, then you just, you get into a big argument. If you're not, you know, if you're not in with everyone else, then you're not like, it's like, um, it's like tribe mentality where it's like, if you don't agree with every single thing that we say, you're not one of us. You're one of them. It's like, well, no, no, because like, I agree with some of your stuff, but I don't agree with all of it. And I agree with some of their stuff, but not all of it. So I'm kind of in the middle and they're like, no devil
1: yeah that's impossible no one yeah. everyone that's what right. everyone says you can't you have to be one or the other motherfucker that's why i'm a punk that's why yeah, that's, that's why exactly, i do what i do
0: dude that's exactly uh, it. like that's what that's why this like I, oh my god it's so sick like it's just so relatable
1: and it's like so crazy i think i think this song is like an overview of the album's most important ideas like yeah absolutely as, as well as like a sort of like a warning call out to the people across the country like don't don't let them take away your personality. Don't let them turn you into an idiot America, basically.
0: That's exactly it. You nailed it, dude. You took the words right out of my mouth. Nailed it. Crazy, so, man. Fuck. Are we ready to move on? I guess so. All right. We just started this episode off with a fucking bang. <laughs> I mean, back is standing the whole damn time. <laughs> my watch it's... told me it's time to stand. I have to stand. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My watch is all like right. beep beep beep. Time to stand. I'm like, oh shit, time to stand, time stand. Well, it worked out, worked out. Yeah. Um. All right, we're gonna get into Jesus of Suburbia.
1: <laughs> oh, uh,
0: Okie dokey, kids. Uh, we don't okay. Move, move. <laughs> we're gonna get into this one. Um. Emerging from Billy Joe's wish to write the Bohemian Rhapsody of the future, this song is divided into five parts, with differences in speed and sound. The guitars are different in every mo- movement, and during live performances, Mike Dert has even has to even change his bass guitar and his tuning between the last three. After a more traditional three to four minute song in the title track. It certainly gave truth to how Billy, Billy Joe mentions in the documentary "Hot Like a Hand Grenade" that listeners might be quote confused because of the length.
1: Well, tell them how long the song is. The song's nine minutes long. Nine. He said nine people, not three, nine. not it's four, like not heaven, nine, nine. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, it's just like I don't even know where to begin with this thing because there's just so much. Like, like this whole record, man. Like, you can really relate it to like today. With like in the second verse, when he's like, "Get my television fixed," sitting on my crucifix, the living room, on my private, on my private womb, while the moms and brads are away. Uh, to fall in love and fall in debt to alcohol and cigarettes and Mary Jane to keep me insane, doing someone else's cocaine. Like, okay. Just like so nuts, dude. Like I I I, absolutely, I fucking I love fucking this song's so fucking sick. Like um like the, the the moms and brads are away line was like inspired by Billy's own experiences with stepfathers. Mm. Um he didn't grow up in a broken home, his father died. Um in 1982 but his mother did everything she could to maintain the stability of their home so it's like he just saw it that way gotcha and it's pretty cool that he like wrote that and uh you know it's just so it's everything about like and then I'm gonna skip way ahead here to um part 3 the I don't care part
1: Oh, that's my favorite part. Yeah, because
0: it's like, it's it's verse five in the song, but like, um, it's like the most punk thing in this song, when he's like, everyone's so full of shit, born and raised by hypocrites, hearts recycled but never saved, from the cradles to the grave, we are the kids of war and peace from Anaheim to the Middle East, we are the stories and disciples of the Jesus of suburbia, mm. oh my god, I like it's just so uh, this whole this whole
1: thing is so fucking sick. What do you got on it? Jesus of Suburbia. What a classic uh coming in as another song that I can say definitely impacted my life. Yes. I love I love that as 9 minutes personally because it's Oh yeah. It's Great. three different two to three different songs in one. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, got yeah. You know, <laughs> I feel like classic Green Day for the first three minutes,-, mm-hmm. and then it goes into this like punk yeah, where it's like
0: crazy like
1: fucking... the the like radio effect they put in the background, yeah, 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 and then it slows down again with the <laughs> it's and then it picks back up, dude, it reminds me of um oh, no, no, fucking no, no, no. queen. It reminds me of a a song Queen would do, like Bohemian Rhapsody, where it just takes you on a fucking adventure, just like Aerosmith does the same thing, where you think it's going to come, but it doesn't come, and all of a sudden, it takes another two minutes for it to smack you in the face, and Jesus of Suburbia does a great job at that. For sure. Um, I was reading something that said, like, this is the introduction of the album's leading character, Mm -hmm, where he describes himself as the son of Rage and Love.
0: Yeah, I love that. Uh, I have that tattooed on me.
1: Do you really? Mm Mm-hmm. Where's that? Is that on your arm?
0: It's the two skulls.
1: Oh, no uh, shit.
0: Yeah, these that's two. R- I didn't I know, know that. Well, that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's Rage, and then the one up here. Up there is Love. No so shit. I have the, yeah. That's, that's cool.
1: What, that's what those two skulls are, yeah. that's rage cool. And love. So it says, um, he describes himself as the son of Rage and Love, living on a quote-unquote steady diet of soda pop and Ritalin, love and that. doing someone else's cocaine. He sar- sarcastically mentions that his that this messed up life he's living is completely normal for him. "Quote: There's nothing wrong with me. This is how I'm supposed to be." And this then he so goes fun. on with his story about the quote land of make believe that he lives in.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Um. Jesus Superbia, dude. Woo!
0: Yeah i i uh, I love how he references it as like the city of the dead too. Oh my god! Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's that's so fucking cool. And then I love the um. Uh, the Dearly Beloved part. Like Dearly beloved, beloved. Are you
1: yes,
0: Yeah, I can't remember a word that you were saying. Are, are we demented or saying? am I disturbed? The space that's in between insane and insecure. Hmm. Oh, therapy, can you please fill the void? Am I retarded or am I just overjoyed? Nobody's perfect and I stand accused. For lack of a better word, and that's my best excuse. Oh! <laughs> that line got me through so much shit. In my life, like, and it still does. Like, I absolutely fucking love that fucking
1: line. Hmm. Well, I can see why.
0: You know, it's just so fucking. This whole record is like, we're gonna talk about like how sick it is. That's all we're gonna say. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I saw.
1: I saw this other thing. Yeah. Um. When he says, "I don't care," it's like, uh. What is it? Jesus gives his opinion on the world. Everyone is full of shit, born and raised by hypocrites. He says that if no one cares about him, there is no reason for him to care about anyone else. I don't care if you don't. He's tired of this land of make-believe that doesn't believe in him. That's so cool, dude. This whole breakdown of this like song, finding out information based on the song, your impact of it, how it impacted you and me, but your love for it. There's so many little parts that we can keep going with. Oh, man. I
0: know. It's just like I lost my faith to this town that doesn't exist, that don't exist. So I run, I run away to the lights of masochists. Mm. Like, I, mm. I, fuck, this song is so fucking sick, dude. But we must move on. Unless you have oh. something else.
1: No, we can move on. I mean, there's so much more, but yeah.
0: Well, what did you want? Go ahead. We can talk. No, it's okay.
1: Time. No, we're good.
0: Oh, hold on.
1: <laughs> what happened?
0: Then there's the, the bridge. I don't feel any shame. I won't apologize. When there ain't nowhere you can go running away from pain when you've been victimized tilts from another broken home. Mm. Oh, shit. That must have fucking
1: rung the bells of Notre Dame in your head. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> That's crazy. It's cool because as a kid, I didn't really. I listened to the lyrics, but I only took out the main ones that like. Yeah, appealed you to me like, get back it, but then. You don't get it. Yeah, I knew it was angry. I knew it was punk. I knew it was what the sound I like. I knew they had swear words in it. I knew they were anarchist type, yeah, stylish yeah. people. Like, so it like appealed to me in that sense. I knew the chorus, but I didn't fully understand the in text words. So, like, breaking it down now is really cool to dissect the things that like actually appeal to me as an adult. Yeah, it's it's, it's like I said, man. This this thing like
0: it still like works today, which is. Crazy. Twenty years later, man, this thing's still like relevant. Mm -hmm. And like you can still relate it to stuff that's going on today. It's it's wild. It's like you sit there and like you think about how far we've come in twenty years and how like things have changed. But then you Mm -hmm. like listen to this record and you're Mm -hmm. like you're like, man, things really haven't changed that much, have they? Yeah, right. (laughs) If an album that was recorded twenty fucking years ago, like is still a thing. And still relevant. It's yep. wild. But all right, let's move on to the next one.
1: Oh, the good old next one. My favorite time of the year is Christmas, which is also known as a holiday. <sighs> so the next song is Holiday. Good old Holiday. Gosh, great song. Holiday is an anti-war anthem that criticizes Americans' war on Iraq. While at the same time reflecting and building up American Idiot's main character, the track continues the tale of Jesus of Suburbia as he leaves his suburban home and ventures into the city. The song itself is mostly an anti-war protest with some specific mentions against the Bush administration for returning the U.S. to a Middle Eastern conflict. It urges the people to take the stand against war rather than ignore it. Regarding the album's main story arc, the lyrics show how Jesus of suburbia has just left town and is living his life on the streets. Though he has fun at first, this life takes a toll on him and he tries to convince himself at times of why he left. The song's ending fades into the following track, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. This is reflected in both of their music videos where Holiday ends with the, brand's, the band's car breaking down while Boulevard of Broken Dreams starts with the band walking away from the same car. So, lots to break down here. Lots yes. to talk about. Oh, yeah. American uh, Idiots album is so far making me relive everything that I've ever fucking thought I could as a kid in my Man, adult oh. life because I don't think I've ever gone through like the whole album since I was a kid. I'll be completely honest.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, this song is fucking insane, dude. I <laughs> it does it does the same thing like at towards the end where like it's just the drum going and them yelling about like the government. Yeah, which awesome. is like one of my. Favorite fucking parts. Oh, the um, breakdown. Yeah.
0: Zig Hall to the president. Gasman
1: bombs away. Yeah, it's your
0: punishment. I love that line. Pulverize so the Eiffel
1: Towers who, who criticize your
0: government. government?
1: Dude, he's
0: oh, got, I got like, the chills. Um, he's got like the spotlight. Yeah, and he's like the representative, whatever he's, whatever town they're in. Yeah. He's like the representative from Boston, Massachusetts has yes. the floor and it's like so fucking sick. Dude. I fucking
1: love that. The representative from
0: California has the floor. God to the Oh my god, it's so awesome. They're so like t- they're so good live, dude. Like they are They are very live.
1: All right, let me let me say they're very few bands that are so like just they sound exactly like their album in the green day and uh avenge sevenfold are the two foo that fighters. will always foo fighters they will always stick to my broad mind if you're like hey you ever heard a band that sounds so good like those are the few that come to me i can't say blinks like that because they're not they're just no. terrible live but that's why you go but another <laughs> Fall story is too Fall of, oh god all right let's not dude i was <laughs> I was actually shocked
0: how good like Weezer was. Yeah, we were talking about that. Like Weezer was so good, and like it's cool to see like these little bands that we go see now, like No Pressure and like Calling All Captains and and like, um, goalkeeper and all these other bands where it's like, yo, they sound fucking like this sound. They sound fucking tight, like right, like Captains. I I was like, hold, like their sound for being like a band. That's as big as they are. Like they sound, so they sound sound so fucking tight. Like it's ridiculous, dude.
1: And especially when you have a band that does a lot of yelling and screaming, you never really yeah. know what you're gonna expect when it comes to like a live performance. But yeah, the Captain Boys, they show up.
0: It's like I I, I compare. You can tell because when we had Luke on, he talked about how Green Day inspired him and stuff. You can mm-hmm. fucking see it. You can see it in the way that they like they take how seriously they take their live performances and stuff and like how yeah. they want it to sound and how he performs live and stuff. Like when I was watching them, it, it's very green day, very Billy mm. Joe, very green day. And it's awesome. Mm. It's so cool to see that trickle down. Cause like he was probably, he's what, how old is he? 26, 27. Oh, Luke. Yeah. I feel like he's like 23. I thought he said he was 26. It's like, I think I don't yeah, know. He's he, but like to see like in 2004 he was probably what 10 11 probably and like for this to like still be impacting him is like and like impacting his music is like it's it's insane dude
1: Cause it was just this, the power of it right
0: yeah it was like this record the live performance that he was like I saw that and I was like oh my god it's crazy it is crazy but yeah, this song, like, I love the uh the chorus. I beg to dream and differ from the hollow lies. This is the dawning of the rest of our lives on holiday. S- hmm. So fucking crazy, dude. Like, um, he he want it, it means like when he says the I beg to dream and differ from the hollow lies. It's like again, this is them being super punk, and like he means to be someone who forms his own opinions instead of a conformist who buys the lies told by the politicians in charge and possibly lead others by his example. Mm. Damn it. Love it. This Uh is why I fucking love it. This is why I love green day. This is why Mm -hmm. it's like, it's so fucking awesome, dude.
1: I love it. I got a, I got a couple paragraphs here that I found pretty interesting. Go, go. go. You better fucking go, Steve. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so this little paragraph I'm about to read is kind of breaking down the song with a couple of lyrics. It says, mm-hmm. uh, uh, many famous seers have, have suggested a prediction that the end of the world will come after or during World War III. So the line, hear the sound of the falling rain coming down like an Armageddon flame, could mean that the war Bush has started might cause unfixable damage to the world. The line, the shame, the ones who died without a name, is referring to everyone who's fallen victim of the political battles that the power-hungry country leaders pulls us into. All the soldiers, all the victims of the terrorist attacks, they all died without a name. Starting a war is never the right answer. Trails by fire setting fire. Holiday could be considered an anti-Bush song to a certain extent. The author shows his disgust towards the power-hungry president who will destroy anything that confronts him, pulverize the Eiffel Towers who criticize your government, bang-bang goes the broken glass, kill all the fags that don't agree. Another issue might be the number of vacations the president is taking. The current state of international politics is the dawning of the rest of our lives, and the president is always on holiday.
0: That's awesome. Oh, I That's so that, cool. That was pretty
1: cool. That's so cool.
0: <laughs> like, it, I I, hang like... on,
1: stop, stop. I just got to say your smile is everything right now.
0: People <laughs> have to see it, dude. He's,
1: <laughs> Batch is so happy right now. You can see he's in his glory It's just awesome.
0: <laughs> oh, cause it's so cool. Like that. This like still relates today with like people being pissed about Donald Trump going on vacations and playing golf and stuff. Yeah. Like it's the same thing. Like everyone's so angry about it and it's like, good. You should like, yes, be angry about it. Like I love it. And then, it's just it's just so awesome. Hell yeah. I, I love that this re- this record and, and every song on it still like can be twisted into like today's society and the way today looks at things. Very uh very unique, man. Yeah, and it's cool to be a punk. Fuck yeah. Yeah. But don't be one cuz that's our thing. Pick your own shit. <laughs> 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 All right, you ready to get into the next one? Yeah, let's go, dude. <laughs> The next one is Boulevard of Broken Dreams. I walk a lonely road, the only one that I have ever known. Don't know where it goes, but it's only me and I walk alone. Okay dokie folks, this song is so fucking cool and like Really shows them This isn't like A very political song By them uh, A lot of people would say This is more of an emo song Really kind of shows like their Their emoness. Would Would you say?
1: I was gonna say I agree,
0: yeah Um, Boulevard of Broken Dreams Sees the album's main character Jesus of Suburbia Aimlessly roaming the city streets With nothing to do and nowhere to go after leaving his hometown and venturing into, which is super pop punk uh, and venturing (laughs) into the city, Jesus has come down from his excitement to find that he is surrounded by strangers completely alone and unfamiliar in an unfamiliar environment. The realization that he has no one pushes Jesus to his emotional breaking point. See emo and, (laughs) and drives him to borderline insanity as implied by the creation of St. Jimmy. Selling over five million copies as of September first, two thousand nine. It was Green Day's most successful song on the Billboard. Oh, okay. Peaking at number two on the Hot oh. One Hundred list. <laughs> and also won the Grammy Award for Record of the Year in two thousand six. So the oh, OK was because me and Steve were discussing, I think, before we before we came back from our little pause break, um whether this was the most um, would you say the the most famous song or like the the, the biggest most song? Listened to? Yeah, yeah. biggest song most. American... Yeah, they're... yeah. And I would have said American Idiot, but I guess this was this was the biggest one, I suppose.
1: Ah, um, oh, superior. Some would say. Yeah, some would say. <laughs> <Sorry>. uh, <laughs> um,
0: I had a pretty cool moment actually with um with this song when I saw them live. Um, way back in I think two thousand thirteen or fourteen, I believe it was when they put out uno dos and Trey, and they had to postpone the tour after um I know last episode Clarky and I talked about it with um when he had that meltdown at the iHeartRadioFest. radio fest, oh yeah, which by the way was the most punk thing ever <laughs> um but he had just come back for, they had to postpone this tour they were doing like we were gonna follow them all over the place like we had it all mapped out we had the tickets bought we had hotel rooms booked we had the whole thing ready they were playing um so they were going to there was they were coming up from florida i think and they were going to um i think it was providence then boston then new hampshire then maine and then new york and we had all five shows ready to go like we were we were gonna follow him from Providence all the way up to New York and then come home afterward, um, but they had to postpone it and they ended up shortening the tour a lot. Um, so they came to Providence, whatever, and um, they started playing the song and the whole crowd sang the first verse um, and the chorus, and like Billy Joe literally just like sat down on the stage and broke down and cried. Like was had to walk off stage. He was sobbing. It was uh, it was unbelievable, dude. Because he had just gotten out of rehab, mm. and like he didn't say anything after it. But like he just started playing the music. But like, fucking, such an unreal moment that obviously meant a lot to him. If he broke down like that, yeah, um, just like super cool, dude.
1: What a great moment to uh,
0: be a part of. Yeah, it was cool, man. <laughs> What do you have on this song? I don't really
1: have a lot on it. I love this song. Yeah. Like This was another song that I remember watching the video for it. Mm-hmm. And it was on demand on the TV. It wasn't like that's how you watched music videos unless you were watching the live channel like MTV and stuff. But when this came out, we would watch it on demand. This would like be on the channel. And I fell in love with this song. I thought it was really good. It's Yeah. It's a lot like slower, a lot more emo, like you said. Mm-hmm. And I know every lyric to it. It's another yeah. song of off this album that I can confidently say I'm proud of, knowing every every fucking yeah. lyric. your head.
0: Gun you could say you could sing every lyric.
1: That's uh, yeah probably yeah most of it yeah yeah same. I'd say most of it yeah. I can I can confidently say that I'm an honest guy. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I'm gonna read this thing again. <laughs> um. So coming after a holiday, this song describes the feeling of loneliness that Jesus of suburbia has to face after the party is over. After finally breaking free and entering the city, Jesus was excited and filled with expectations. But now, the holiday is over. The confetti landed on the floor and the intoxication is wearing off. He looks around and finds himself alone on the street of the heartless city. Empty in the morning darkness. Everything around him seems lifeless and only his vital signs prove that he's not dead as well that's fucking emo he's all alone the phrase i'm walking down the line that divides me somewhere in my mind could be considered the beginning of saint jimmy's appearance jesus doesn't want to be weak and vulnerable anymore he wants to change of course there is more to the song than just jesus emotionally hanging hung over walking a lonely road is not only a one-time realization of your loneliness going through life on your own you get to, you get so used to the solitude that this lonely road becomes your home and your actual life. Most songs about loneliness are a scream for help and expressions of despair and fear of being alone. Boulevard is different. The narrator accepts his life the way it is, and he's used it to, no matter how horrible it might get or seem, this loneliness is on his way. Only sometimes does this dream of someone finding him and saving him from his loneliness, but so far he doesn't know any better and is patiently waiting for a change. Wow, that's cool. Fucking good shit.
0: Yeah, that's cool shit. That's super cool. All right, are you ready to move on to the next one? I'm
1: waiting, dude. I'm just waiting. Oh, oh, oh you see what you've
0: done there.
1: Yeah, it's not a big deal. I'm not
0: What's big the next guy, one, yeah. Stephen?
1: Are we waiting?
0: Skyscrapers. We be waiting.
1: Is a silly cue where Jesus of Suburbia meditates his current state. It is a slow-paced song with pounding drums. With its lyrics, showcases how our main character is starting to lose his freaking mind. It follows the same theme of loneliness, emoness, as the previous track, and shows how Jesus feels lost in the city he has run to. Woo! Are we waiting? What a song! What a different fucking spin. What a slow, slow song. It's beautiful. It's powerful. It the sweet. lyrics are very emotional. Yeah. I love this song. I'd, yeah. I'd say this is up there for sure in this album. It's it's not like a classic Green Day scream in your face, but God, is it fucking good, dude? hmm
0: I love the uh, the second verse, too. Uh, forget me not. Second thoughts live in isolation. Mm. Heads of tales, fairy tales in my mind. Are we? We are. Are we? We are. The waiting unknown. The rage and love. The story of my life. The Jesus of suburbia is a lie. Oh, unbelievable, dude! Unreal, so, dude! So fucking good, man. Oh. There's okay, really I... Much with this one, like lyrically. Lyrically, yeah. It's it's oh man. It's short, but it's like it's super powerful, man. And then I think the music
1: too makes it more like. Oh man, yeah. I it's can cool. see this one in theater because of the theatricalness like i I like this one yeah. speaks it to me.
0: this one's cool live too. this one's super cool live. I've mm-hmm. only seen him play it once.
1: I was gonna say I don't think I've ever seen him play it.
0: yeah, it's awesome live the way uh, they, like I, I they keep... like put this like backdrop of like a city
1: Ooh. behind
0: them and stuff, and like they had like. It was just like crazy lights and stuff, and like they obviously had like the fire and like the fireworks and stuff going. It was cool.
1: That's badass. Yeah, it was really cool. I got um two paragraphs to read as I've been doing.
0: Oh, reading. My name is Statement.
1: Are we waiting? A few paragraphs here, Uh, not written by me. Things I found on live through an archive. Uh, Are we waiting? Are we waiting? Continues expressing the feelings that begun during the hangover in Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Jesus hated his hometown and was dreaming of life in the city, of the skyscrapers and neon lights, something he considered to be real life. But now he's finally in the city and he doesn't fit in it and he doesn't belong. It's what he was waiting for, but it's too late now. He's made his choice and second thoughts will continue to do nothing but cause regrets and insecurities. Jesus decides that all his Jingle Town philosophy is a lie and he needs a drastic change in himself to be accepted by the city. That's when St. Jimmy comes into the scene. The song is also believed to have certain political overtones. It is quite possible that the that the frustrations in Are We Waiting? is related not only to Jesus' feelings, but also in the author's attitudes toward the cor- towards the current situation in the world politicals- politically. When the president started the war, a lot of countries turned their backs on the U.S. and nation was isolated. And now... Second thoughts and doubts about what should have been done and what shouldn't have are not going to change anything. Now all we can do is wait and see what happens. What are we waiting for? I love it. Pretty cool. That's so
0: cool, man. That's so fucking cool.
1: right, dude. Oh, man. I know you're amped for this next one. Yeah. I know you're amped for this next one.
0: Oh, man, dude.
1: St. Jimmy.
0: Coming at you on the count of one, two. two. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't want to finish that? Three, four! (laughs) <laughs> sorry <laughs> i was a little behind <laughs> that's quite all right it's saint jimmy baby saint jimmy abru- abruptly cuts the previous song are we the waiting it shows how jesus of suburbia has officially gone off the deep end in his loneliness jesus of suburbia now manifests his rage into a new identity he is now created an alter ego in fact a dual personality called saint jimmy The previous two tracks have been slow and thoughtful to reflect Jesus of Suburbia's introspective mental state. However, this track obliterates that melancholy feel. St. Jimmy is a subsequently harder and faster song, giving it more of a punk rock feel, reminiscent of Green Day's previous works. This marks a pivotal point in Jesus of Suburbia's story arc and the album itself. See, neck deep. This is how you do a concept album. This is how it. Oh, you're gonna start throwing shade, bud. This is how it works, though. You're not wrong. The Black Parade. That's how this works. (laughs) That's like you should be able to follow it with like a story. Like that. This is it's perfect, dude. It's fucking perfect. I love it because it's super punk, super fast, super hard in your face. Uh, right off the rip. St. Jimmy's coming down across the alleyway, up on the boulevard, like a zip cut, like a zip gun on parade. Lights on the silhouette He's insubordinate Coming at you on the count of one, two, one, two, three, four. Uh, my name. Can we just Jim- talk
1: about How amazing that was live though Jesus
0: Christ Oh my god dude So fucking sick dude what? Unbelievable live what? And then he even references it My name is Jimmy And you better not wear it out Suicide commando That your mama talked about King of the 40 thieves uh, And I'm here to represent The needle in the vein Of the establishment Hmm Oh my god, I love it so much.
1: So fucking good, dude. It's
0: it's so good. Cigarettes, cigarettes, and ramen, and a little bag of dope. I am a son of a bitch. In Edgar Allan Poe, raised in the city in the halo of lights, product of war and fear that we've been victimized. I'm the patron saint of the denial. With an angel face and a taste for suicidal. I love the way that they sing that, too. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. With an angel face and a taste for <laughs> suicidal. Suicidal! <laughs> this is
1: the most, like, punk fucking chords. It really is.
0: I, I love the, uh, the bridge there when he's like, are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? I'll give you something to cry about.
1: I fucking love it. That's so good, dude. Fuck yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I love it. Super super punk, dude. Super mm. blank, uh, blank. Oh my god. Super Green Day. Um, yeah, yeah. I got a. I love couple. when it. Okay, yeah, go ahead.
0: I love when it slows down that breakdown. he's like, "My name is Jimmy. I'm a son of a gun, and I'm the one." Yeah. That's away. <laughs> like, oh my god, it's so fucking good. So shut your mouth before I shoot you down. Oh boy welcome to the club and give me some blood on the resident leader of the lost and found and the ending when it's like, it's, it's like super slow. It's comedy. Yeah. And tragedy. Yeah. St. Jimmy.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: That's my name. Let's and go. I, yeah, I love when he's <laughs> live and he's like, don't you fucking wear it out. I love it. He's so a fucking good, riot. It's the best, dude. Oh so, shit. Go ahead, handsome. What you got?
1: All right, I got some things from uh well, as always. Uh Okay, have you ever noticed how a shy little boy suddenly starts acting all cool and dangerous after changing schools? Mm-hmm. When you come to, you know, some new place where no one knows you, you get a chance to put on an act so everyone thinks you're cooler than you actually are. It's a couple of Disney movies that actually do that. Yeah. Um so after entering the city and realizing his own loneliness and vulnerability, the Goofy movies, perfect example, <laughs> isn't it? Max Keeble's big move too, something like that. Yeah, something. like Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that was it too. Go ahead, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Jesus decides to create a new self, a whole new person, a true rebel, a cold-blooded city president, one that Jesus has never been. From the first words of the introduction of Jimmy, he's being described at this awesome as this awesome son of a bitch, shining with coolness, the kind of guy easily impre- impressible teenage boy, you know, would want to be. Confident as hell and self-sufficient, Jimmy claims to be the patron saint of the denial and therefore refers to himself as Saint Jimmy. In his attempt to be, you know, accepted by the new environment, Jesus suppresses all kinds of love in himself and turns into a reflection of rage that's been, you know, brewing inside of him. There's no more son of a rage and love. Now there's a product of victimized society, the matrior of war and fear, Saint Jimmy.
0: Love it, dude. That's... That's such that's so perfect. That's such a perfect breakdown of it. Fucking right. I love it, dude. That's great. So you idiots thought you were getting the whole fucking thing, <laughs>
1: didn't you? <He's> <laughs> <stupid>. <laughs> you can't get a whole too long. Too long. Too much to do. So hang on, hang on, let me do something um we're gonna get into the next song.
0: No we're not
1: <laughs> No we're
0: not. You're gonna have to wait until next week, idiots. Because so mean, (laughs) there's too much. There's just too much here. Um, we have so much going on, it is late. Um, we need to go. So, we are breaking this bad boy in half. We're doing part one, part two. Um, so this is where we stop, we stop at St. Jimmy. Then we pick it back up with Gimme Nova King. So this was part one of American Idiot. Yes. Get ready for part two, motherfuckers. Yes. So this is the end of the
1: episode. <sighs> this is where we talk about things. How are you? I'm all right. I'm I'm exhausted. I mean, I'm amped, but I'm exhausted. My Atlanta. Tired. I'm tired. I'm tired, dude. tired. I'm tired, dude. I'm proud of you for coming on here. Oh, thanks, buddy.
0: Been doing this. Uh, I know it's been it's been rough sled in the past couple of weeks for you.
1: Yeah. So, I know yeah. I
0: talked about it on the last one. It's uh another if you had no if you had if you didn't have bad luck, you'd have no luck at all, man.
1: Yeah, I guess so, right? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so I don't mean to no, make I'm, jokes. But. No, I'm happy to be on here, dude. Honestly, I'm coming on here, and it's just good to laugh, have fun. We're doing a big breakdown, so it's good. It's a band we both love. It's been very awesome to just distract myself. And that's what I was coming yeah. on. I'm like, cool. not going to talk about it. I'm not going to get into it. But it's good to do no, this to be to. able to, like, vent in a different way, you know? And mm-hmm. it's, you know, I'm just, I got in, put the headphones on. I was like, I'm sending it, dude. I'm going full send. Like, like that's... Yeah, dude we were talking the other day about like doing episodes and stuff. And I was just, I can't, I can't even like, I'm going to get on there. I'm going to get the real Steve. I'm not going to, I don't want to, Hey guys, like, and it's okay if I want to be like that, but, uh, this has been, this whole episode has been like awesome for me, dude. I'm going to go to the gym tonight when it's closed, just by myself. Like good dude. I have all these things for clarity and I have great support. I got you, I got cam, I got my family and it's just been awesome with what's going on. And it's just, uh, it's just really cool, dude. I'm getting more – I think with everything going on, I'm start, I'm trying to, like, distract myself by getting more involved in, you know, like the podcast and stuff. Whereas, like
0: – yeah, not
1: that I don't do that, but it's just something for me to, like, I don't know, focus on, I guess, Yeah, you know? Yeah,
0: well, yeah, it takes your mind off of – you can shut your brain off. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And, it's like getting on the ice as soon as you step yeah. there. It's like all the noise, all that chattering. It's just hoops. Yeah Just that quiet. thing
0: I that thing I posted Yes. That reel. That was cool. Exactly. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I'm glad you're going to the gym man. I've been uh I've been back for a week. Let's go. Yep, back on the BC clatter. <laughs> uh I'm down 3 pounds in 4 5 days. Let's go, dude. Yeah. Uh That's I, fucking I big a, news. I pulled a tour day yesterday. Yeah, you did. You tour. Yeah, I rode it twice. That hurt. Um, animal. Then I rode it this morning. Um my knee is not happy, so I don't think I'll be riding it again tonight, but mm. you never know. Um going out for some Mexican food and then tomorrow I have my my wedding food tasting. Ooh. So that'll be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. 3 3 freaking hours. What? Yep three hours apparently that's interesting to me but we'll see um i don't know if you listened to the last episode but i said i i I was i think i said i was 210 or 212 at the time i can't remember but i want to get down to 160 170 by the wedding
1: you got that Mm
0: -hmm. you can do it 60 pounds Sixty you can pounds. Do it. I can you do, can do it. it. We can do it. We can do it. So that's the you know I, I pulled a little inspiration from Pat with his quests. Pat's on a quest for two fifty. Um, so I myself am on a quest for one sixty. You got this. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. You got this, be, bro. It's gonna be fun, man. I mean, I I, I was down to two hundred, but when we went to Disney, I was two two oh two. You looked good. And then, uh, then we came back and the wheels fell off. <laughs> I mean, okay. it was, uh, it was a little, when I got back, it was a little rough. I, I mean, we ate like shit there, uh, um, oh, well, which you is can't fine. Not. I mean, you can't, yeah, yeah you can't. I not. swear to
1: God, if you were going to eat a salad, I'd smack you. Yeah. I mean, be- <laughs> you can't, but, um, I, uh,
0: I got back and then two days later I got laid off from my job. So. Like the first, like, I don't know, then it was was Thanksgiving, then it was Christmas, and I was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to sit here. And then uh, I stepped on the scale, and it was uh, 215, and I was like, oh, my God, this isn't good. Yep. (laughs) I feel you. So we're back at it again, and I want to get down to 160 by the wedding. So that's the goal, and I'm saying it on here, so I hold myself accountable.
1: Good. Good. I like it.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be good, man. Um, but yeah. other than that, yeah, there's not really, not really much else going on.
1: Just that's hanging right. out.
0: Still, um, we still
1: have to give our Christmas gifts to each other.
0: I know we still haven't done that. That's been we won't until probably July. It'll be Christmas in July. Makes
1: sense. Usually how it works.
0: Where are you going for your honeymoon? Do you know yet?
1: No. So we're gonna do a mini moon and then a figure out a honeymoon at some point in our life. But oh, we're that's gonna. Cool. Yeah. So instead of like Sunday when the wedding's done and everyone has breakfast and leaves and then we'll just go back home. We're going to go up to uh Vermont for three days, just still a little cabin. And, Cause I was like, look, dude, I don't want to just come back to my house and go to reality. Yeah, no. But I also don't want to drop fucking all this money on a honeymoon that we don't need. We want a house and go to fucking Aruba, which would be nice. Right. right. I was like, why don't we just like go to, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine. She's like, you figure it out. So I figured, hey man, we're gonna be exhausted because two days of a wedding, dude, talking to everybody and dress. So I was like, let's well, go to Vermont, get stop at the grocery store and just watch Netflix for three days straight. Like, just do That'll nothing. Be cool. So it's all That'll booked and ready too. to go. Nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to Disney World. Oh yeah, yeah. We pulled it out of a hat. Yeah. No yeah. way. What was in the hat? Um, Disneyland. Um, that oh, California, that California trip we talked about. Oh yeah. Um, Vegas. Um, Austin, Texas. We were gonna go to Austin to see like um, Joe Rogan's comedy club and stuff, and like eat. Good oh, that been cool. Shit. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Because he he's opening up um, a, his own uh, club, right? Yeah, yeah. So like everyone's down there now. Like yeah. Tony Hinchcliffe, Tom's down there. Uh. There's a bunch of them down there So it would have been sick Probably would have ran into some of them But uh, Then I think Disney World was in there There was some Aruba um, A cruise Um, But yeah So we pulled out Disney World Like we did it in rounds Yeah So like we'd pull out everything And then the last one that was in there Would get tossed out That wasn't what we were doing Oh I got you So like You know we pulled out a bunch. The last one was Vegas. Okay, we're not going to Vegas. Then we did a bunch more. It was Disneyland. Okay, we're not doing that. And then it came down to like, I think it came down to Texas and Disney World. And uh, <laughs> we pulled out Texas. I mean, we pulled out Disney World. So that was what we were doing.
1: No shit. Are you excited? Of yeah. course, you pulled Disney World. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're
0: we're. Uh, well, I think we're gonna stay at the Boardwalk.
1: It's the only place to stay, man. It's so nice. Yeah.
0: Well, we were looking at that, and then there's the um. That place over by Epcot, I forget the name of it. Tori's gonna kill me. Um The Beach Club? No, no, no. It's like a big huge resort where it's okay. like where it's like um the Caribbean. Okay. I forget what it's called, but like we were we're looking at that in the boardwalk and like Tor's like, I don't know, I don't know. I'm like, fuck it. I'm like, let's just go to the boardwalk. Let's just spend the fucking whatever it is. Yeah. I think it's gonna be like six grand with it for everything. But I'm like yep. Fuck it. I'm like, it's our honeymoon. Let's go to the fucking boardwalk. And I think we're going for like, I think we're going for like seven or seven days or something. And I think like the first three, we're just going to kind of hang out and chill and do whatever. And then start doing parks. I think the last
1: four. Dude, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. So the the longer you go, the better. So you have those like, like say, even if you did like the first days, relax, two days of hard, then two days of relaxing. Like, yeah. There's so much to do at the hotels, dude. I know,
0: that's what I mean. So
1: Yeah. Cool, It'll man. be fun. Yeah,
0: and we'll be able to watch the fireworks and
1: shit and you know. Yeah, you should design. get a um what's it called view? The uh boardwalk view so you can watch the fireworks every night.
0: Yeah, I think that's what we were gonna do. Like, you know the room you stayed in the first night? The first yeah. time we went? I think that's yep. where we're gonna be. Yeah, that's the there. way to do it. Yeah, yeah. especially for a honeymoon. Yeah, so I think that's where we're gonna be and then uh
1: yeah. So that'll be fun. Now, are you going to go right after the wedding? Like, or are you going to wait like a week think, or two or something?
0: I think we're going to go right after. Like that Sunday morning when you all you idiots are fucking waking up hungover and shit, we'll be long gone. Yeah. We'll be <laughs> on our way. <laughs> we'll be on a flight. Yeah, with all the money. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, I'm back to work and stuff and, um, you know, we can figure all that out. But I mean, whatever. We got it plan, so...
1: Yeah, it'll make it work, man. Yeah,
0: it'll be fun. And then, uh, we're going away for her birthday in yep. a month, so that'll be fun. Fuck yeah, we will. We're going up to Portland. Portland! I think that's where they're going for her bachelorette party, actually. And did they figure that out yet? I don't know. They're, 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 all, they're talking about the dresses still. The dresses are still a thing.
1: Nice. They're doing so, good.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I think, um... Well, they got the wedding shower, I think, in June. Okay. um, Which you're invited to, too. We're doing a Jack
1: and Jill. Oh, shit. What the fuck?
0: Well, what do you want to do? <laughs> sit there with a bunch of fucking broads, dude, by myself? Like, fuck you. No, Where man, is I'm it? I'm coming, too. Uh, up here.
1: Oh, God, even more. Come on. Fuck off. <laughs> Why do I have
0: to drive down there all the goddamn time? Screw you. Uh fucker. <laughs> I love it. I love um, it. No, but... uh. <laughs> So we got that, and then yeah, what do, what are we doing? Your bachelor party later?
1: Yeah, we're not. Um, there's three months till my wedding, bro. There's you no fucking wanna, way. No,
0: yo, you want to go to Vegas for the John Jones fight?
1: No, no, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Come on, just me, you, and Cam. We'll go to Vegas for the John Jones fight,
1: dude. That would be fucking sick, but <laughs> nah. will do.
0: do...
1: <laughs> we'll be at the fucking the bookie all night you know where we'll be oh yeah i know we have a problem when
0: we went there speaking of at the end of this month it becomes legal in mass and you know know where where we're going
1: everett (laughs) we're going bro i'm not even joking i was just talking about this
0: the other night yeah come up here me and well you can come up here me and you will take my car over there we'll fucking throw a few bets on the bees and fucking oh man You'll be texting me at like 4 in the afternoon. Hey, can you run over there and yeah. <laughs> throw like 30 bucks on the bees tonight? Oh, my God. <laughs> I want the bees parlay? puck line. Doing a parlay? <laughs> <laughs> I want the bees puck line. I yep. want the bees by two.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. Yeah, no, I know. I'm trying. Shit. Yep.
0: So, yeah, that's – uh. so, yeah, ha-ha to you, folks. You thought you were yep. getting the whole record. You're not. So, we'll be back. Um. We're gonna record in a few few days. We're gonna yep. uh, recharge, get back after it, and uh, we'll be back with some more. We won't be reading as much. No, it was no. a long intro. A lot of a lot of fun facts about this record. So yeah, I love we it. We're excited to do it. So we want to do it the best we can, and and we know that if we keep going, we're just eventually gonna be like, yeah. So this is wake me up when yeah. September ends wake me up when I'm done. <laughs> yeah, wake me up when this is over. Like, and we don't want to do that, and we don't want you guys sitting here for four and a half hours listening to us. Right? No, yeah, it's cool yeah. when we're interviewing someone for four hours, but like, just us talking about one record for four hours isn't can be a bit much. Yeah, so we're back on the Green Day train, though. Um, we got some other cool stuff planned. We got a big one planned in a few weeks. Yep. I am so excited for this one. This one's gonna be fucking sick. I can't Pause it yeah, so, anyway kids, uh, we'll see you next week, have a good week, um, and bye bye
1: Bye bye everybody, have a great night and a great week.